What's up, bingers? Today's guest is someone that any of you Truth and Justice listeners will be familiar with. Our Season 7 case covered the murder of Bill Little and the wrongful conviction of Jamie Snow. The case was submitted to me by today's guest. After the wrap of Season 7, she continued the work of telling Jamie's story and giving him his own voice. She is a fierce advocate and is now the creator of the Snow Files podcast. Please welcome Tam Alex. The internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. Tam, how are you? You you look like you're in a a very dark hotel room. Is that where you're at right now? I am. I am. I am visiting Jamie in Stateville, and this is the first visit that we've had in almost two years. So I stay at the oh wow no tail motel <laughs> in uh, in in Joliet. <laughs> it's right down the road from him, and I just you know that's where I am. That's awesome. And so you weren't able to visit him. Is that was that because of COVID stuff? That's that's it. It was because of COVID. You know, they were on lockdown for about a year. He really didn't want people visiting. When they they did a, a couple of months ago, they lifted the restrictions, but he it was so restrictive that he he really he he just said if he can't touch anybody. He, you know, he just didn't want, didn't right. want to visit. So they've, they, now they're having two levels. They're having, um, for people with, that are, uh, vaccinated, fully vaccinated. And they do those in the mornings and we can hit the vending machines. Um, we can take our masks off when we're not, I mean, we can take our masks, masks off when we're eating. So we just ate the whole time. <laughs> and it was a nice long visit, right. <laughs> long overdue. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Do you get to see him more than once, or was it just the one visit, and then you got to head back down to Tennessee? I'm go- I have three scheduled, so I'm going uh, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. He gets three a oh, month. That's awesome. Oh my god! Nice. I bet he is thrilled to see you. You know, and I, and I'm sure that you know your your people that you've been talking to. Uh, they are they. This COVID hit them so hard in the prisons and. They, they, I mean, it's like being on lockdown for a year and, you know, they go batshit being locked down for a few weeks. It, right. It's been bad. It's been bad. Yeah, that's rough. And I, I guess I should fill people and we're t- chatting as the old friends that we are. And I should probably fill uh, anybody new into who Tam is. So Tam brought me, well, you combined with Jamie because actually it was his message in a bottle that, that, that really got my attention. But Tam brought me Jamie's case, uh, a wrongful conviction case, which we'll get into in a little bit here and kind of give you some of the details of it. But she submitted it to Truth and Justice. It was, and then J- Jamie's case ended up being our season seven case. Uh, so we got to, to know each other through that process. And then after we wrapped things for, uh, for Truth and Justice for the season, uh, Tam picked things back up 
and continued on uh, with a new podcast called The Snow Files, which is in the it's second season now. Um, you guys have done it's been what, close to sixty episodes or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 been a lot. I I think it's like, well, yeah, I guess we've done forty. Yeah, we did forty about forty for the first season, and then um, we're on. Uh, I don't know what we're what we're on. We've we're about five in for for this season. Yeah, and it's I, I wish every every season of Truth and Justice had this where someone continued because we. With the format of Truth and Justice, we hit a, p- a point where it's like, okay, well, we can't produce this into narrated, you know, storytelling episodes anymore. But there was still a lot of more nitty gritty details left to go in 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 Jamie's case that I just didn't have a good way to cover. And then you guys, you know, from there, are just continue to put out more and more and more information over the last couple of years, and and it's really how I want to ask you when you your production is really, really good. Oh, thank you. That means so much. <laughs> Sorry for the clap, Mike. <laughs> Another clap? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it, you know, you, you hear a lot of new podcasts and you're, there's always like the evolution and we all, you know, get better as we go along. But I, you know, listening all the way from episode one, like the sound is great. The writing is great. The, the music's awesome. You know, the, how did you... Because you did, I, I, unless I forgot, I didn't show you how to make a podcast. <laughs> who, who, who showed? Where did you learn to do that, or did you just self-teach yourself? I mean, basically, it's self-taught. I, I would love to go back. I did. It was so funny because I was just listening to another an episode of True Crime Binge where, yeah, or, yeah, I think it was you and Rabia. We're talking about how you wish you could go, you know, go back. And I know they've remastered. I, I really want to remaster everything from the first season because i i think it can be better but that that means a lot to me that you that you think that now after the first season i was like this this podcast is really good i think it's important so on the on the first season we covered the trial and we we did witness by witness and this is this is what they said in 1991 or 93 and 94. This is what they testified to. And this is, you know, the new evidence, whether they gave an affidavit or we found evidence of a deal. So, you know, just kind of fleshing that out and lining it up. This this is what it means. So the Snow Files is about you did a substantial amount of the investigation and brought so much to light that we were not looking at which was amazing because it that does it does take those fresh eyes to to look at something and 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 bring something that you can kind of focus on and say hey we've never looked at this this way but one thing that comes to mind is the timeline of Jamie's activities, you know, through 89 to to, to 90, that, that meant so much because we had so many informants saying, yeah, he was at a party in 1993. Well, wait a minute. He was in Florida in 1993. How was he at a party in your house? So we were able to line, you know, we're able to line that up with all of these uh, jailhouse informants, which makes a huge difference. And we, always refer to that. And that, you know, that's just one of the things. So what we did with season one is just 
bringing out the whole trial and went on with the, these are the mistakes that the, that the prosecutor made. This is, these are the mistakes that the, uh, defense made and the whole scope goal, goal, I guess is the better word. The whole goal of this show is the wrongful conviction of Jamie Snow and how they got away with it. This is not the did he do it show. We are advocates. We believe in Jamie Snow. This is not a, 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 you know, a show about that. This is a show about how they got away with it. And the reason that's so important is that we are highlighting the tactics that McLean County used, the state and the detectives to get this high number of people to testify against Jamie. And why did they need so many if they had such strong evidence? Because there's, there's new evidence on almost every witness that testified against Jamie and it's, it's damning. Right. Yeah, and and it, it's it makes a great pair with what we did because I think I th- I hope that the work that we did on Truth and Justice gives a ton of legitimacy to the work you're doing now as advocates because I I wasn't in that camp as I told you, you got you and Jamie from the very beginning that you know we're going to look at this case I'm searching for the truth if the truth is you're guilty that's going to come out and we we spent you know a better part of a year going through every detail of the case and investigating it and and determined that. That with one hundred percent certainty, in my opinion, Jamie Snow was innocent, and and I hope that gives from an outside third party and our whole audience and the team and the experts we brought in uh, that all um, uh, gave some credibility to the fact to the idea that Jamie Snow is indeed innocent. And it was a messed up case. We're gonna get. I'm gonna wait for a couple seconds here before we get into the case. But I mean, it was messed up. He had. I mean, what a battle Jamie had going into court. Years, damn near a decade later, after the murder happened, and he's facing this barrage of jailhouse informants and 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 snitch testimony witnesses. They're all just making up stories. Like it's so hard. Like how do you fight that? Just one after another after another. The state kept bringing all these guys in, and one of the things that we did in the podcast is like, which one of the state's witnesses do you want to believe? Because you can't put any two of them together. Because their stories all conflict and overlap and, and everything. It was it was a, a real nightmare. But uh speaking one of my favorite parts of season seven was when when Jamie busted y'all out on the show <laughs> live on the sh- on the show. Oh. Uh the yours and his relationship. So we should talk a little a little bit about that. Okay. <laughs> that okay. Was, I it was funny as I don't I had no idea you you were always a fierce advocate for him. And you had such great knowledge of the of the case, uh, and I'd ask Jamie, you know, you know, if you get out of there, what do you want to do? And he says, "Well, she'll probably be mad at me, but <laughs> I want to go down to Tennessee and make it and and make a real life with Tam," which I thought was beautiful. I don't know how how did you feel about Jamie letting that cat out of the bag? Well, you know, I let him let him do that if that's what he wants to do. Let him do it. He doesn't have many choices these uh-huh. days. I'm proud to be with Jamie. I'm, uh, he's proud to be with me. We are a team fighting this wrongful conviction along with, uh, others of a, of a great, wonderful team. And 
I guess I've never really said anything because I don't know if you want to hear this or not, but that fucking that's okay. Unless truth and ju- that truth and justice discussion page is crazy. It's like the generation of vipers. Oh yeah, <laughs> they did a they did a <laughs> poll on all of your cases, right? Because it's the hate I hate Bob page. <laughs> but actually, there's about three of them right. that are terrible. And the rest of them seem reasonable. Uh-huh. They just don't speak as much. So the three that are right. terrible control the board. And uh, they did a poll, and there was about three, right? So I just, I don't really go on that page that much. And I, and I just said, uh-huh. why, well, why, I tagged him, and I said, why do you think he's guilty? Well, that turned into a shit show. You know, one of them mm-hmm. was like, aren't, aren't you the girlfriend that, that, uh, that chewed me out because Bob was, because, uh, because I said I was bored with the season seven, and, you know, and I was just like, you know what? That's, that's really not, I, I don't remember you and that's not really my style. I would just right. not say anything. Uh, you know, if somebody said they were bored with the show, just fucking listen to something else then. But, right. Right. <laughs> but I, or, you know, go make your own separate page just to hate the show. Right. Well, <laughs> I didn't know you were in that group. I'm obviously not in oh it. So my I, God, I just hear terrible. what goes on in there. It's terrible. I just stopped. Mm-hmm. I just stopped responding. But I, you know, I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember you. And, you know, are you going to answer my question? <laughs> and no, right. nobody ever had a, nobody ever had an answer for it. it you know, and I, and I was just like, it, you know, and then they start arguing with other people and it, you know, it's like all personal attacks. And right. I was like, okay, this is, this is dumb. I'm going <laughs> to, I got <laughs> shit to do. <laughs> I guess. And let me, let me guess that. So they, so they did a poll of all my cases and they, of, of who believed they were innocent or did they believe all of them were guilty? Cause that seems to be the MO of that group. Actually, you know, there were 93%. Or ninety three votes for innocent for Jamie Snow. So yeah. you know, I think I think they've that that pe- reasonable people have heard it. I, 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 they were making states arguments, and I was like, right. okay, you know, if you're going to be a prosecutor, then be a prosecutor. But I'm an advocate. Right. I am on the defense side of this case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sandy Melgar got a really high rating as well, but um, it was. It was, uh, there was not a lot of, of not guilties. It was just a few, just a few of them. And honestly, maybe you shouldn't, because I don't want to, I, I like backed out of it and just hoped it was going to die because I don't want them <laughs> on my shit, you know, posting right. every bad thing they can find about Jamie, you know, because that's what they do. That's all they do about right. your cases. It's ridiculous. Fun group. That's a fun little group there that that lives on the page. (laughs) Oh, like, whew, you guys are ridiculous. (laughs) So I guess to get back to your, you know, to get back to your point, the reason that I didn't want to really say anything is that because, because there was a lot of comments on there and I don't want to be perceived as, as the girlfriend who just thinks he's innocent because she's the girlfriend. I believed in Jamie's innocence before I ever uh became romantically involved with him. That came right. later. And uh and I do love him. I love him very much and I'm not I, I you know I think it's a wonderful thing. I, I he does so much for me 
we have a strong relationship. And I think that's, I, I just think that's important. You know, we were talking this morning. He said, uh, he was talking, he was talking about that because we were getting deep, right? I was like, did you have any pen pal girlfriend, you know, before you met me? And, you know, this, uh, I was just playing with him, you know. And I, I was like, well, what makes us different? What made us bond, you know? And, and that, and I think we just kind of clicked. He, he said, you know, that I, that I listened to him, that I, that I read his case and that I was honest and frank with him, you know, about, about the issues. And, um, I, I just wish, you know, fucking sucks that he's in prison. He's like the, the man of my dreams, but he's in prison. <laughs> like he needs to be okay. home fixing my car and, and mowing the lawn and we need to be <laughs> doing dishes together. And, going out and watching a movie together and that's how we see ourselves it's just like this prison shit is just in the way of doing all that it's a real bummer it's a real bummer yeah i was just discussing this morning with some i was i was actually the dentist and then and the hygienist started asking me quite it's it's tough being a podcaster like what do you do for a living like oh jesus christ uh i'm a podcaster what's a pod all that but we got into you know she's she was asking what you know some of the stories i did and and, and i see you know, one of the be- my favorite things is our season two case ed eights and like what a, what a great triumphant story that ends with him walking out of prison but i was like but the but really the love the what made that case so in that season so amazing to me was the love story that was buried in there you know with 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 him and his wife and for him to like walk out when, it, when all that was over to walk into the open arms of his wife and his kids and so like i'm hoping that you and Jamie have a similar, not ending, but a, a, a beginning, I guess, of your love story that he, he gets to come out. Because it was so sweet when he brought that up to me. I mean, he just loves you to the moon and back when, when, he, when he shared that with me. Yeah, he, um, he's a wonderful man. He's, he, he's, uh, he's not just a number. He's this wonderful person that's, that's funny and has flaws. And is sad and, and heartbroken over his children, uh, not being able to raise them. And, uh, you know, he's lost his life just as all of these other men and women that are wrongfully convicted, uh, losing your life over, over nothing, over nothing. He's, you know, he, he, he struggles and he's, and, and probably a lot of a lot of the people in prison have been struggling during COVID because you you just you're so closed off you're just completely right. closed off and um you know he was telling you know and he's told me this before he he's just I I I almost wish I had done it because then I'd know I'd be in here for a reason uh huh right he told me the same thing yeah I, I, it's fucked up logic but yeah. You know, I, I I hear him. I, I get that. He's so I, I I enjoyed talking to him so much. You know, as we were talking weekly through the time of doing the podcast, and just the, the convictions he had, and the little thing were were little things for him to take control. Like, yeah, you know, I remember him telling me like like he he refuses to eat the Thanksgiving dinner at the prison because he refuses to accept that that's where he's spending his Thanksgiving. So I think he, he gave us his recipe for his prison nachos that, that he makes on Thanksgiving. 
And it's just, it, it's so hard for us to understand on the outside how someone on the inside just, they have so little control over anything, any decisions they make. And like, and that was a big deal. To, like, I just, I love talking. Every time I talked to him, there was some nugget like that that came out. It was just like, you know, when he gets out of prison, I need to go sit down and have a beer with him and shoot the shit and just catch up because he's just, he's just a good guy and he got a, and he got a raw deal. And so when the podcast ends, you start, I, I want to know, like, did you know all along that you were going to, that when Truth and Justice season seven ended, that you were going to go into creating the snow files or when did that idea come about? And then you, and then you assembled a team to do it. So, so what was that process like? Okay. So I, um, I believe it was with, uh, Leslie Pyers who came from, came from the Truth and Justice mm-hmm. group. Uh, she learned a lot about the case. She really believed in, in Jamie's innocence and she wanted to help. You know, she wanted to advocate. So, uh, really smart. Um, she's actually a, a marine biologist and, you know, she just had this great gift of being able to, uh, put things in context, take, uh, some complex information and be able to simplify it and put it in a, you know, a way that everybody could understand it. Um, mm-hmm. she's a very good writer as well. She, she writes a lot of our blurbs and stuff. I, I mean, I write the episode, but she writes the blurb. She doesn't hesitate to say, you know, if something can be better. Very, very, uh, very, very smart, uh, woman and has a good voice. And, uh, you know, I, I believe I talked to you before, like even before the podcast, I was like, you know, I want to do this because I want to get this story out, but I don't know shit about doing I guess. And I was like, I'm so glad you're doing this, Bob, because we need it. But you can't, you have a lot of cases, right? So you, you move your, you know, you have to move your season along. There was a, a, a very important piece that you did, you know, which, and was very focused on the investigation. Uh, so we thought, you know what? We didn't even, we didn't even get the trial in there. You know, there's a lot of stuff right. in there. So let's cover the trial. And then I, I immediately, my first pick was Bruce Fisher. He, uh, he is the founder of Injustice in Perugia in support okay. of Amanda Knox, right? So okay. that was his first, uh, dip into wrongful convictions. And they got a great team to like a great team of experts together. And that case, you know, we're, Remember, of course you do. Everybody in America was about Foxy Noxy and all the headlines right. and all of, you know, of course she did it. She did it. Well, he was one of the first groups that came up. They even mentioned him in their arguments in the trials in mm-hmm. Italy. They, they mentioned injustice in Perugia. So when, when that was all over, he wanted to, he was like, I, I have to do more. So he started Injustice Anywhere. And, uh, Jamie has been, I've known Bruce for years. He, Jamie has been a featured case on Injustice Anywhere for a very long time. And I did a couple of interviews with him several years ago. And I just thought he was a great, uh, I thought he was a great narrator. I know that he doesn't have the traditional voice 
but I love his voice. It's unique. See, I think he's got a great voice. I love listening to his narration on the, on the Snow Files. That's one of the first things like that I that when I listened is is like, man, this guy's guy's great. He's a natural, and and he he had never done any other podcast work or anything before, had he? Well, over the years, you know, he used to do he used to do interviews with uh with wrongfully convicted. It was on Spreaker, I think, and uh, okay, he's done a couple of episodes uh, interviews with with me um about Jamie's case and and updates and the other people that he supports that are on their site and I just like his style. I I think this is a better quality, better, you know, sound and and all of that stuff I just mm. knew. I don't know. I just thought of him first. He he's he's a strong advocate. He's very good um in the Q&A as is Leslie with keeping the the conversation moving along, which I, I am right. not, I am not that person. I, I'm not a small talk person. I, <laughs> I don't like to talk, you know, but they're very good at highlighting important things and bringing that all together. Very good communicators. And our Q and A's, I think are some of the best material that we have just because you get that opportunity. I was listening to yours on the way up here. And I, and I was thinking, yeah, you get that opportunity to uh, highlight some of the things that you missed, talk about some of the things, things that people come forward and, and they're right. like, wait a minute, this is, you know, right. So you get to address all that. And you get a chance to expand. That, that's what I like about our follow-ups too, is it gives me a chance to expand upon my thoughts. Because like you guys, you know, I write a script for the main episode, you know, and I can't really, you know, just go on and on and on about my opinion about things so you know over the years i've just for example like this week in our current season you know yesterday's episode was an interview with a family member and as i started writing out i was like oh between every thought i'm going to give my opinion on what was just said and then i was like no i'm just going to play it and let the audience hear the whole thing and then we'll talk about all that stuff on friday when i have the space to really expand upon my thoughts and you guys seem to do the same type of thing when you do the q a's on the snow files i love that I love the Q&A. Leslie, mm-hmm. because she hasn't been in the case, uh, the, uh, you know, her her experience with the case is from truth and justice. She kind of comes at it mm-hmm. from that angle where Bruce, Ray, and I are, we've known the case for a long time. So, right, you know, she writes a lot of the questions. She's like, hey, we need to discuss this. And it, and we need that dynamic in the group. It, it's it's like that fresh eyes thing, you know. She and she f- always finds stuff. Uh, God bless her. <laughs> it ain't always, you know. The, <laughs> she always finds the thing, you know. These 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 nuggets, you know. These things and and brings them out and pulls them out and it's, you know, that's that's great. That's the dynamic that we were looking for. So she brings a strong element of that. Now, just to circle back, when I was, when we did season one, after we did season one, we took about two months off, but it was mainly me because I was like, okay, I think I suck at podcasting. What do I need to do to make this better? I, we have a great show. I I just thought the content is so important and it's good. And it's not like everybody else's. It's not, you know, exactly the same. So, right. 
Uh, and we're getting the word out. We're getting the word out about his case, but we just need to expand that message. You know, I want big. I want to go big. I want to be able to support the show, uh, not out of our pockets, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I took, I just took, I just studied and studied and studied. I went on all the podcast places, the best thing to do, the, you know, um, how are they making their sound like this? What kind of mics are they using? Uh, I got to get a lot better at at the product. Like, I just feel like my music, like, it's not there yet. The the emphasis, mm-hmm. you know. Do do you do this? Do you do this pause before a commercial, or do you just go straight into it? You know those those little minute right. things that make you better than, you know, somebody else and not sound like an amateur. And one of the biggest things I feel like we were doing wrong was it, it's we all work full time. And it was so hard to get a podcast a week out. And then there were gaps, you know, kind of like, you know, you start going, you know, I just can't. If it's not going to be complete and right, whatever, I don't want to put it out. I'm just not going to put some shit show out there just to have something out there. So I had to figure out how to do that. Uh, biweekly was just not strong enough. Uh, people forget about you. It needed to be a weekly thing. So we started, we, we, we just came out of the gate. We're going to do it once a week, no matter what. So. We were doing our Q&A in with our episode. So we were just like, okay, well, let's just take our Q&A since we can do a good 45 minutes on Q&A anyways and make that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the alternate week. Um, and that puts less pressure on us to do everything at once. So I think that helped a lot. The consistency, you can't just take off even. When we had an issue, I ran a really good, uh, I just called it rewind. You know, uh, we've got a, I mean, we started getting a lot of new people. I mean, all these new people were listening right. uh, through all the changes with the sound and we changed our host. We changed our RSS feed. We, I changed all the software that I was using. I changed it. I changed everything. And then when we did that, and we came out of the gate. Oh, Bob, it was great because we got more downloads in our first two months than we did in our last year, our whole last season, which is sad. Oh, that's great. And oh, I know, but you know, and but still, you know, there's that's not enough. We want to reach that level. You know, we want to reach that good, good level where we can get sponsorships and take all anything we make and put it back into. Uh, supporting Jamie. That would be an amazing thing. I mean, you start thinking about it and, you know, the potential. Wow. You know, if we could do, we could do this and we could have regular advertising and we can have this instead of just begging for money or pulling it out of our pockets every time. That would be amazing. So when we came back with this season and this season we're doing forensics. Yeah. Well, hopefully this, this, this helps out. It's kind of what we're trying to do with, uh, with true crime men's is to, you know, send people to check out a show they haven't listened to before. And so, uh, let's tell them a little bit about the case that they're going to be hearing about. So, uh, Jamie Snow was convicted in 2001 
of murdering um, 17-year-old Bill Little in 1991 on Easter Sunday. And it was, and so you, you heard that right. There's a 10-year gap from the time the murder happened until he gets convicted. So give us the basics of Jamie's story. You know, what, what happened over those 10 years? How did the state manage to convict a guy with no physical evidence, nothing like that. There's, I mean, there's, there were so many, well, if we have time, we'll get through a lot of the discrepancies, but then people can listen to the podcast and hear some more, but I'm um, between the eyewitnesses and Martinez and Pilo, all these different, these different people, but, but kind of explain what happened. How did they end up convicting Jamie Snow of all people for this random shooting in the gas station? Jamie was, uh, he wasn't a, a boy scout. He had gotten in trouble with the law before. He was known to law enforcement. They did care for him. And there was a whole string of robberies during that time. They even had a task force. Mm -hmm. There were a ton of robberies going on. And oddly, if you look at the, if you just look at them, there, there, there seems to be some commonalities in the, in the robberies. Mm -hmm. There was a string of robberies and he was a suspect in one of them. Well, he was a, he was a, your usual suspect. Let's say that they always dragged right. him in when you know, anything was going on. So he was right there at the beginning. And there was a detective named Detective Crow who worked that case from the beginning all the way up to 1998. Um, there were tons of. Tons of leads and, and places that he went. He even in 1994 gave Jamie a polygraph test and Jamie passed it. Detective Crow did not believe that Jamie did this crime. He thought he knew who did it, but he did not believe that Jamie did the crime. When Crow retired in 1998, two new detectives came on, uh, Detective Barkus and Detective Katz, and they solved this 10-year cold case murder in about a year and a half, <laughs> two years. Mm-hmm. Drug a bunch of people out of prison, gave them deals, or threatened them with more time. And there was an eyewitness, supposed eyewitness. Nobody saw the crime happen, but there was a person there, Danny Martinez, who was airing up his tires at the time. And he said he came face-to-face with the suspect. There were two boys across the street that said they were looking, looking out their window and saw a person go by. And then there was somebody that was stated in 1991 that he was in the gas station around 8 or 5 p.m. and saw a suspect standing there. And that's the description that they used. Right. So they went back to these people. And rounded them all up and stories started to change. And if you look at the original police reports, they, in any of these witnesses, they do not, do not match their testimony. And many of them have recanted or we've just simply brought them down. And I, I have to add, we've got a lot of new evidence through FOIAs. You know, one of the most, um, appalling uh elements of the case i think is 
because um, there's so many elements that they can hear throughout the, the the snow files. But so Danny Martinez, the state's star witness, so he's at the gas station. No one seems to dispute that he was like at the gas station around the time this happened. Changes the story multiple times as to we just see somebody walk out, to he's face to face with them. At one point, I think he bumps into him or he's right there, right next to him. Gives a description, gives another description. And then the biggest thing is he went to the police station and did lineups with Jamie in them multiple times and said, nope, not him. And and one, I think, didn't he pick, he picked two other guys that were in the lineup that he thought might have been one of those two, but not Jamie. And then all of a sudden, nine years later, oh, yeah, I was face-to-face with him, and it was Jamie Snow. That's the guy that did it. When he had seen him in the lineup over and over again, that, that should give you an idea, a basic idea of the of the of the tricks that were being pulled by the Bloomington PD and the and the state's attorney's office in Jamie's case. It's it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's appalling, and that's why you know we had to make a decision when it was time to kind of end the podcast because it got to be where for me to go through the trial, it's like every week you're going to hear the same story. Here's a guy that said because you know Jamie's essentially convicted. Because they parade, what was the number of witnesses? It was, I don't remember the number, but it was a lot of confession witnesses. Confession witnesses? Yeah. I think maybe eight, but they had stupid witnesses. You know, like he was pouring, I saw him pouring a beer out and saying, toasting, saying he made a toast to Billy Little. You know, I, I mean, a lot of it is just nonsensical. They should have never. Right. They, and that's what you have is you have witness after witness. They make it sound as though Jamie you know, com- commits this perfect crime and goes in and, and kills a 17-year-old kid for some ga- for the, the, the contents of a cash register and then went to every bar in town and, and told everybody in town that he did it, which is just asinine. But you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, when you go start to break down the testimonies and, and the, the – <laughs> Another one of the most appalling parts of this case to me was the state's closing argument when they told the jury, listen, none of this makes sense. We know that none of this makes sense. We know that if you look at all these statements, none of this could have possibly happened. But what we want you to do is just take the little bits out of each statement that could line up and build a new narrative. I'm reading when I remember reading that transcript. Like, are you fucking kidding me? The jury bought that and, and convicted him. I was like, what a crock of shit! Like, they told you, listen, none of these statements are true, but there's pieces of them that might be true. So let's take all those pieces and let's make something. And then they send Jamie Snow away for prison for life, and Bill Little's killers and his real killers never caught. Yeah, they call that the the, the mosaic theory and the puzzle. Theory and you know the most interesting thing about that and and uh, Tina Griffin, the state's attorney, was very clear about that. You know, you read the transcript; she was very clear. You know, maybe it doesn't seem like it's looking like that, but you have to you have to kind of put it together. You have to put all of the pieces together. And she also, I mean, she threw up. Five mug shots of Jamie through, you know, I got in a bar fight and I got arrested. I got, you know, just stupid shit. I, I don't have, I'll never know how she was able to do that, get away with that. But she threw all these pictures up of Jamie 
and said, I mean, these composites could look like any of them, almost like the mosaic defense, right? Right. <laughs> it, it, you know, Except pieces- that they didn't look like any of them. <laughs> I know. Pieces and parts. Pieces and parts. You know, that yeah. was her whole thing. And the, the, fr- the, the, the most frustrating thing to me personally is in the appeals, in the, in the appeal. So if we have an affidavit, and and we couple our things, right? We're gonna have a and, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have an an affidavit maybe from a another witness, a wife or whatever. We're gonna have an affidavit from the person, but it's not just affidavits. It's letters that we found between them and the, the state's attorney saying, you know, uh getting the deal or proving that she lied in court when the first time that she ever contacted this person. You know, it's it's pieces like that, you know, that we put all together. But then the higher courts say, well, you can't take all of this information cumulatively. You have to look at that one piece of evidence. Would that have changed the outcome of the trial? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what you convicted him on. Was exactly that type of argument. Oh, my God. That makes me insane. That makes me insane. That they won't look at this cumulatively because we have so much evidence against everyone. And if you go to federal court, you lose that shit. Right. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, he's faced with a hell of a challenge because he's got to disprove every element of the state's case, which means every single witness has to be disproven or you've got to do the, the opposite and prove who actually did it, which was the route that we were. You know, trying to take uh, in, with truth and justice because you know we're not attorneys. You know, we're, you know we we're, we work as investigators, so we thought we would try to take a stab at trying to figure out who did this. Um, and as the, as the season concluded, without getting into into a lot of the details, have you? Because he, is he still represented by the Exoneration Project? He is, but uh, Tara Thompson went to New York um, Innocence Project. And I think she's still assisting right, in some that. capacity. Now we have Lauren Mueller mm-hmm. and she has, she has been amazing. And we can talk about what's happening now if you're ready for that, because I have some announcements. <laughs> yes. Uh, real, real quick. What I was curious about is have you guys done or taken anything any further with the, you know, we had, we were working on a theory that there was essentially a cab driver. That we think likely was had had maybe had some involvement in the in the crime. Has have you guys gone down that path any more to figure to either prove or disprove or work on that, or have you just been working more on the legal aspects from since we left off? We're going to do the forensics, and then I was probably going to hit you or Maggie up about the because I want to do. I don't know if it would need to be a whole season, but I I really feel like we need to address the alternative suspects who they would be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't really understand the legalities of naming people and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. That can be an offline conversation if you're willing sure. to have it. Uh, but in short, no, not yet. But we would like to do one or two or however many episodes it took to explore all of the evidence against alternative suspects. Good. And then, um, as we kind of wrap things up, can you tell us? You said you have you have some announcements, and let us know what is uh, what's going on with the case now. I do. So, as you know, we've um, been filing FOIA requests for years. 
I know that when we were doing the show, we had a FOIA lawsuit that was pending. The state actually settled that case with the exoneration project for $10,000 in legal fees and admitted, you know, actually the judge ordered, you know, that, that they redact a lot of this information. It was years. That fucking lawsuit was five years long. And Ray and I have been filing FOIA since 2011. So we had like 70 FOIAs and they kept data dumping us. And sometimes they'd redact something and sometimes they wouldn't. So that's one announcement, which is awesome that we won that. And then the next thing is that Lauren, we got the new attorney and that DNA motion that was pending when we did your show. Uh huh. It's still pending. Right. It's been pending for like eight years. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, I watched one of Jamie's hearings on the, yeah. on, on the Zoom streamed it. Yeah. So Lauren, Lauren is just great. I, I just, I loved watching her in that hearing. I love the, the things that she brought out. Uh, she picked back up on the documents and, 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 and said, you know, this is a, this is an issue. We do not have all of the, all of the information. So what came out when Judge Butler ordered all of the documents related to forensics turned over? There was a subpoena sent to the Illinois State Police and uh, the Bloomington Police Department. And they said, the subpoena actually said, well, you have to give them access to it, right? So Tara had to go down there, schedule time, and look through all of these documents without getting, we were not, we were not receiving these documents. She had to just look through them and make notes. Mm -hmm. It was 8,000 documents, 8,000 documents. Now, when Jamie, in 2007, Jamie went pro se because he was done. Mm -hmm. He he was ready to file a post-conviction petition. He had a representation from an appointed attorney, and it was like five pages. And he was like, fuck no. So he argued in court successfully to go pro se. Also, without any legal knowledge or anything like that, he argued successfully from the same judge that presided over him, him and Susan's trial. We didn't talk about Susan. Well, because real quick, I just wanted to point out that another fun fact, uh, Jamie's co-defendant, who was the, according to the state, the driver for the robbery and murder, she was acquitted. So he doesn't have a ride to get there. But that's a whole long story that you can get into in the podcast. But yeah, go ahead. They never said anything about a car. They just, they just kind of brushed that under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so... The same judge that presided over his and Susan's trial was the one that he was arguing before when he went pro se and he said, I need my discovery. I need my discovery. Mm -hmm. God damn it. Oh, that's him. Answer it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to finish talking. I'm just going to make it. An incarcerated individual at... This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 
You want him to tell you about when he got those, when he went pro se? Sure, if you can, if, yeah, I definitely want to say hi to him, yeah, if you can get him so I can hear him. Okay. Hey, Jamie, I'm still on, I'm still on with Bob with True Crime Bench. He wanted to say hi to you, but also we were just getting into the path to getting these 8,000 documents. And it, I thought maybe you could uh, explain briefly how you went pro se, you know, and I was just telling them that you're before the, you were before the same judge that presided over yours and Susan's trial. And when that judge let you have those documents, but I, I didn't tell him the numbers and everything, which I can tell him later if you don't, well, he knows. I mean, it had gotten to the point where I realized that, you know, I wasn't going to get a uh, fighter, you know, appointed to represent me, and the only way that I was ever going to find out, you know, what happened and how they did this to me is I was going to have to proceed pro se as my own attorney and hopefully, you know, get the court to order them to turn the documentation over, and I, I was able to do that. I mean, I no legal training, no, you know, no law degree or anything, but I was able to get a judge to order them to uh, turn the documentation over, and, and uh, you know, they gave me, you know, right at about 900 pages, and, you know, when Tara Thompson with the exoneration project, you know, filed her motion, with the, the, the judge to, you know, to get them to turn over the documentation. That was the first time I had, I had heard that there was, you know, 8,000 plus pages. So it, it's, it's been, uh, you know, a 22 year battle just to get the documents to defend myself with. So, you know, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Can you hear me, Jamie? Yeah, I can hear you, Bob. Oh, hey, man. It's so good to hear from you. And I did, we were just about to um, wrap up our episode, and I told uh, I told Tam to make sure she an- answered it, so I could say hello to you and uh, and check in with you, and so you could say hello personally to all the people that are going to be listening to this. Yeah, man, it, it's been a long time, and uh, it's good to hear from you. And your listeners have really stepped up and and gotten involved, and 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 are really uh, you know supporting us and and helping us. Uh, continue this battle to to show uh you know one that i didn't get a fair trial and, and two that you know I, I i didn't commit crime in the first place so you know the, the battle continues well that's great well I, i'm glad to, to hear that tam is able to actually uh see you she said she's in town for a few days uh to have some visitation with you finally yeah man it's uh you know the whole pandemic thing hit and they they shut the visiting room down and you know it's been Almost, it's been a good eighteen months. So they're 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 beginning to uh, open it back up now, and and uh, you know it's it's nice to finally get some visits. That's great. Um, and with that, I'm going to leave the two of you to have your uh, your your conversation. I don't want to cut into that, and we're about an hour in. Uh, but Jamie, it's been it was great to hear from you personally. So his name is Jamie Snow. He's the subject we've been talking about the whole time. Her name is Tam Alex, and she is the uh, producer, editor of 
the Snow Files podcast. So if you want to, if you want a binge that's gonna that's gonna help to make a difference, the Snow Files is the one for you. Thanks, Tammy, so much for joining me, and and it's great to hear from you, Jamie. We really appreciate you, Bob. Can I say one more thing? I got to get this in here. Jamie's hearing on these documents because we're having to fight to get these eight thousand documents. Believe it or not, the judge didn't say, "Wow, they probably should have had that." So yeah, Jamie got nine hundred documents. Jamie got thirty tapes when they gave him discovery. We've gotten five thousand right through FOIA and seventy tapes through FOIA, and now they've discovered there's eight thousand documents. So that's what we're fighting about September 8th at the McLean County Law and Justice Center at 1.30 is the hearing. And Jessica Nance from Blood and Bones podcast coming soon, not released yet, is going to sponsor a billboard. She's willing to pay a matching donation of up to $5,000 for all donations going towards the billboard to support and spread the word for DNA testing and the missing documents issue. So we're really excited about that. So we would just love for y'all to join us. And our uh, podcast website is snowfiles.net and Jamie's website is freejamiesnow.com. And Bob, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate you having us. It's it's absolutely my pleasure. And where can where can people go to donate? People can well, we have a Patreon, so they can find that at snowfalls.net or they can donate through PayPal. That's on snowfalls.net as well. So yeah. Yeah, Bob, don't give up on me yet, man. We're gonna have them nachos, I'm telling you. We were just talking about that, Jamie, right before you called. You're damn right, we're gonna have nachos and I'm gonna have a beer with you. All right, man. All right, take care, brothers. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you, Tam. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. All right, Bob. Bye. True Crime Binge is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Audioboom. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing. Music and artwork by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com. Our website, TrueCrimeBinge.com, was created by Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com. If you're a listener and would like to recommend a future guest or a podcaster that would like to request an interview, you can do so right on our website. And again, that web address is TrueCrimeBinge.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're using to listen. And make sure you give us a follow on social media. We can be found everywhere at True Crime Binge. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure you tune in next Wednesday morning for another podcaster, another case, and another True Crime Binge.